Welcome to Lemmy Works, brought to you by Leadership Education Mentoring Institute. We are inspiring parents, mentors, and communities as they embark on the journey of transformational project-based education. Hi, this is Tatiana Fallon. Hi, this is Heidi Christensen. We're so excited to be your hosts. Welcome everyone. On today's episode, we get the opportunity to hear from a director here at Lemmy, Heidi Christensen. And so Heidi, I thought it would be good for us to start out with talking about how did you stumble upon Lemmy? Okay. How did I stumble upon Lemmy? Okay. Wow. I had just moved to California and I had these four little boys. My, my youngest at that time was fighting me with schooling. And I knew I had to change something. He just has his own personality and he wants, wanted things the way he wanted it. And I was using a a classical education approach and my three older boys absolutely loved it and were really thriving with it. But my fourth son came along and I, I started looking for something different. So I just was open to different ideas. And like you know, it usually happens when you're open to new things, they tend to show up in your life. And the charter school that I joined offered face-to-face with greatness. They offered to pay for all of the parents to go to face-to-face with face with greatness because I think Stacy Harmer was part of the charter school. And so she was part of the organizing of bringing Oliver DeMille and Shannon Brooks to the area. And so I was like, okay, this sounds interesting. I'm going to go to it. And so I actually was pregnant with my fifth son when I went to the face-to-face with greatness, which I mean, those were like 17 years ago and over 17 years ago. And so that's how long ago it was, but at these face-to-face with greatness seminars, they were a series of like three or four different seminars and they were three days each, and you went and you had a colloquium, you had the lectures, you did simulations, and you learned about leadership education. And I just went to those and I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. I love this. How do I get this for my kids? How do I implement it? And, but, you know, I was, I was getting pregnant, get more pregnant. And I'm like, okay, how am I going to do this? And back then there were, there wasn't Facebook, there were like Yahoo forums and things like that. And so I was on a homeschooling forum for our area and somebody put out there that they were going to do a, just a uh, gathering of people to hear what she was going to, some classes that she was planning on offering in our area for the next year. And so you know, by this point I had had the baby and I was like, okay, I had a friend, Carrie Fairchild, who has also been on this podcast and she said she'd go with me. So I didn't have to go by myself and we went to check it out. And it was Angela Creel, who's also been on this podcast. And she brought kids from her previous community to kind of tell us all about these classes that she was going to offer and tell us more about leadership education. And she told us about Lemmy. And that was my first introduction to Lemmy. And I sat there listening to these kids from these uh, communities in San Diego. And 
I was blown away. I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I'm looking for. And, you know, I had learned a little bit more about the different phases of learning. And I realized, okay, the phase that my youngest was in right then, yeah, that is what, you know, that was the right thing in, in, he was in core, he obviously needed to know right and wrong and, you know, and, and get some of that family identity. And, and so, you know, I was working more on that. And then he moved into love of learning stage and it worked beautifully for him as well. I, I wasn't trying to, you know, teach my little kids Latin, like classical. I was trying to tell me I was supposed to be doing and, it was just a, a freeing experience to learn about leadership education and then have somebody come into our community and bring leadership education to my scholar. Cause I just had one scholar at that point. It was just, it was really answered prayer. I was just so grateful for that. And kind of a funny story though. I mean, I took my son cause Angela invited you know, scholar age kids as well. And I took my son, I said, ah, oh, isn't this exciting? Aren't you excited about this? Yeah, let's do this. And he's like, mom, I don't want to be the president. And I'm like, okay, it's leadership education. It doesn't mean you have to lead the entire country. So it was just funny how, you know, at, at 13, that is where his mind immediately went to when I was trying to share more of leadership education. And, you know, over the years we have, kind of expanded on that. And, and, you know, he's, he's definitely not interested in going into politics, but it was, he has learned and he did learn through Lemmy how to lead in his area of genius, which I'm just very grateful for. So you did the projects with your, your scholars as they went and progressed through, but you also had, you you're doing lots of other things at the same time. So you want to kind of let our listeners know like what your, I guess you would say career journey kind of maybe looked like or your educational journey looked like? Sure. I mean, it actually starts before kids. I, after I was done with my bachelor's degree, which was in home ec, home economics, I focused on clothing and textiles. It wasn't until my senior year that I realized that I really wanted to teach, but I didn't want to teach high school kids. I didn't want to teach junior high either because I wanted to teach people who wanted to learn. And I didn't think that kids really wanted to learn. They sure as heck didn't want to, in my experience, and I was one of them. So I thought, okay, I want to teach at the community college level. So in order to do that, I had to have a master's degree. So I went up to Oregon State and started a master's degree in apparel interiors, merchandising and design, which is basically a fancy name for, you know, we don't want to be called home ec anymore. And so I, I started that. And through that experience, I got a teaching assistantship because they knew I wanted to become a teacher with this degree. And, and so I applied for it and I ended up getting it. And it was really interesting because at that point, you know, when I was teaching this lab class for textiles that I was called into the office one time and there's, they said, okay, Heidi, you're giving too many A's. And they told me that I needed to have more of a bell curve. And I was teaching a lab class where like three different labs went to the same 
lecture class. And, you know, I asked the head of the department, I said, okay, how are my kids, my students doing in the lecture class? Are they doing, you know, is it translating to higher A, you know, more A's in the lecture class? And she said, oh yeah, your kids are doing great. And I'm like, so I'm supposed to just not grade them, you know, just like, that didn't make any sense to me. Why would I not allow my kids to master the material? You know, I felt like as a teacher, my job was to teach everyone, not to leave some people out and, you know, all of that. So anyway, that was the first time I, I recognized that the educational system, there was something wrong with it. And I, I wanted to kind of change that. Anyway, after that, I, I went on and taught at a community college for a couple of years and, and got into, I was in retail management for a while. And then I started having kids and decided, okay, that's what I really want to do. But I, I still didn't think I'd ever want to teach kids until my, I went to go and uh, enroll my first kid into kindergarten and just was appalled at what the school how the school was run and that whole system. And so that's when I, I first started looking at homeschooling. Once I really got into homeschooling, I started teaching classes for other homeschoolers. I became a vendor. Uh, when we moved here to California, I became a vendor with uh, charter schools. And then I started speaking at conferences and then holding my own conferences. And then I actually was uh I was asked to uh, become a teacher for one of the homeschool charter schools here in California. And through that experience, I ended up getting a second master's and this time in education. And I, I, I really enjoyed being a teacher for the a homeschool charter school. I felt like I was helping a lot of people, but in that capacity, I also kind of was thrown up against this, I don't know, it, I felt like it was questioning my integrity in everything I did with them because it, it had become very clear to me that the traditional education system was not the best way to teach our kids. And when I first started with charter schools with my own kids and then also teaching for this school, they were allowed to have a lot more flexibility, but the um, the state of California, it's the state of California, it started just really clamping down on these charter schools and, and especially the homeschool charter schools and not giving them the flexibility to allow our kids to learn the way they are supposed to learn and to allow parents to be the ultimate educators to really know their kids well and and do that. And so I finally decided I had to leave because I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. I mean, I, I had to tell one parent that they couldn't teach their kid American history in high school, starting with the pilgrims. They had to start, you know, after reconstruction and they had an amazing curriculum, but it didn't fit into the box that the school needed. And I just didn't think that was right. So that was kind of like the straw that hit, broke the camel's back. And so I decided to step back and serve the 
education, you know, especially specifically the, the home educators in a different capacity. And that's when I started my own business of Realizing Genius. And in that capacity, I do online conferences, teen coaching, parent coaching. And then I also have some like online classes and things that people can go through. So that kind of brings me up to speed. And then I got about a year ago, I was approached by uh, Rick and Tiffany to take on the uh, director of operations position here at Lemmy. And I'm excited about that. Lots of ideas for that as well. So as you've been kind of sharing your journey and so far in, in education and, and impacting the education world, I had just a couple of things that came to my mind were, what, what do you feel like the relationship is between freedom that a student needs but the knowledge required to be free does that make sense like because you're talking about your son and and i and and you're the one that really struggled and how he what was working with classical conversations wasn't working anymore right like because cc right does that would like where they no, actually, was... yeah, no, I did. I didn't. Classical conversations is something different. It was just classical education, well trained mind, basically, okay. is what I was okay. following. Okay. Yeah, classical conversations is a great program, but that's not just that's not what I used. So. Okay, so you were using well trained mind, and I've I've read Susan Wise Bauer. I think she has a lot of really good points about doing the rhetoric and the logic and the what's the other R word. I can't remember right now. Anyways, <laughs> but the the thought that came to my mind is like, there's a de- there's this like debate up in the air of like, can you just let a child be free? Kind of what leadership education is espousing to some extent, but then also like, what is the core set of knowledge necessary for a child to be successful? Does that make sense? The question I'm asking. So like, in your oh, yeah. opinion, in your opinion, what does that look like? Well, Freedom, one of the reasons also requirements, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I definitely get what you're saying. And that is kind of where my, the two world, my two worlds of education kind of butt heads because I mean, leadership education and, and, you know, the freedom that we are giving our kids, especially when, when they're younger, it's, you know, some people, I, I don't know, I, I, the phases like with my fourth son, the phases really helped him because it gave them the found him the foundation of you know and the knowledge that he was responsible for his own education he had control and this was a kid who really his personality was such that he needed to have that control so it really worked well for him and it worked it's worked well for all of my kids but he's the reason why you know we got into it i i tease him because you know I tell him yeah yeah if you weren't as challenging as you were we never would have gotten into leadership education and I'm just so grateful for that and it's it's a way I kind of you know this problem child wasn't a a problem he was actually the the leader in leading our family there so it does so much good but but the phases we are teaching the kids through the phases by giving them the foundation of core, you know, what is right, what is wrong, good, bad, things like that, their place, their identity as as a member of of our family, you know, what our family means, you know, what it means to work hard, things like that, that foundation, and then 
putting on top of that after that we have that love of learning where we're sharing with them and introducing that them to all of these different amazing things that they can learn and when they choose to go down a rabbit hole into some topic you allow that and you encourage that it really is developing things like like understanding what that flow state what that ultimate way of learning feels like you know you get excited about learning when you are allowed to go deep into something that you're passionate about and then you know with a eight or nine year old it could be something totally different the next week but that's okay we can go deep into that and and go down these little rabbit holes you know wherever you want them to go and then once they figure out that okay I, I might need more then that's you know that's where you get into the the deeper questions of you know you know, you have to be willing to submit. And that's when the scholar um, phase hits. But anyway, that is, I, I just love that that's how leadership education and Lemmy, you know, Lemmy supports this, how we work with our kids and how, you know, the the scholar phase is, is right there with what I was familiar with from the beginning, which was that the well-trained mind and that classical education, but it gives the kids the freedom to choose that and they learn that freedom through that love of learning phase, but they still have that core that they begin with. So the core, I mean, any parent knows that kids need st some structure. And so that's where the core comes in, you know, so they understand th those core principles that they want to live, you want your kid to live by, but then you give them the freedom to learn and they get excited by that. And then you ask them to submit to a, a mentor and a a line of education, a way of education that's more hardcore like the classical education in order to get them where they need to go after that. But one interesting thing during my master's program and getting my teaching credential, I was asked to write a paper about, you know, what would happen if you had a class of kids who you couldn't give grades to, how would you inspire them to learn? And I mean, this was like, oh my gosh, this is my dream paper. But I was on this forum with other people. And it's like, I don't know, how would you do that? That, you know, kids need to, the grades to be inspired. I'm like, no, I mean, in homeschooling and specifically in leadership education, you get them to the point where they want to learn. They want to 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 do these things, and they they have experienced that. You know, ecstasy might be too strong of a word, but that excitement of of learning something new, and they want more. And so, you're not just a teacher; then you're a mentor who is who, who is you know, driving them or, you know, kind of supporting them in learning more and, you know, giving them that vision of, of everything that they could be and, and really what they need in order to get there. And, and yeah, I love that paper. So still part of the question, I feel like we haven't answered. I agree with everything you've said, obviously, but is there a set of core things that kids need to know? Like, okay, for, and, and do they need to know those at a certain age? Because I think, like, that's one of the things that a lot of people struggle with when it comes to leadership education is, like, you know, 
well, where's your fourth grade curriculum, right? So like, you know, all fourth graders should know X, Y, and Z. Okay, so I guess this is a two-part breakdown, but is there a place for common knowledge at certain ages? And so again, maybe add, maybe we add, answer that question first and then we can answer the second part of my question, but <laughs> is there a place for common knowledge at eight or nine? Does that make sense? What if... Yeah, no, it makes total sense. I, I feel like I because feel like... you've lived in both worlds, that's yeah. something that you understand really well. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things, you know, I'll, I'll tell a story to illustrate this. I get my fourth son again. Sorry, Daniel, you're, you're all over this podcast. So anyway, my fourth son in high school, he fought me tooth and nail with math. He just, we tried every curriculum. I tried to get him tutors. I mean, the whole thing. And he just fought me. And, and so finally, I'm like, fine. It's your education. It's your responsibility. When you're ready, come to me and let's figure it out. And I w- he basically completed everything by the time he was through his junior year in high school. And except for math. <laughs> and he decided that he wanted, yeah, this is crazy, but he wanted for his senior year, he wanted to go to a boarding school halfway across the country and graduate from there because that was a feeder school to the college he wanted to go to. And so I was like, I, I, it kind of broke my heart in some ways, but he had gone through the entire Lemmy continuum. I knew we had a good foundation, you know, in not just the knowledge base, but also the character base that he had. And the one thing that he didn't have was math. We're interrupting this broadcast to invite you to ask questions or share your epiphanies in the comment section. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a good review on the platform you are using, because that really helps others find our content. Also, check out our website at lemmymentortraining.com. And he had to have a certain amount of math to go on to this tradition into this traditional school system that he wanted to go into. So in like one year, he went through three years of high school math. And get this, this is, this is the really funny part. He's now an accountant. I mean, he, I knew he was gifted in math. He wouldn't believe me. And, you know, all of the different curriculum, it was like, this is stupid. But that's, you know, he had to make the decision that that's what he was going to do. Okay, so I don't believe that there are other than you know, core, the core things that you learn, right, wrong, good, bad, you know, um, hard, hard work, you know, a good work ethic. With those things, our kids can learn anything. Those are the most important things. And then you add on to it a love of learning. They're going to get everything. Now, the school system, they have all of these boxes they need to check off in order to basically, you know, prove that they should exist. Okay, that's really it. They are proving that they exist. I really don't think after reading all of these standards that anyone has 
that wrote those standards actually has children. I don't believe that they are. They definitely. I don't think they are in the in the classroom because of the language. Most of the teachers I know can't even read the stuff because it's like, what in the heck are they talking about here? And these are parent. These are teachers in the classroom because my entire extended family are teachers. You know, in the public school system. So so anyway, I. I really believe that if you give them that firm foundation, they will learn everything they need in their own time. I mean, there are certain things like if my kids, you know, my kids need to learn how to feed themselves. Yeah. And so, and they need to, you know, it's nice for them to learn certain things, you know, like, you know, personal finance is something that I think they need to know before they become an adult. But if they have the foundation of right and wrong, good and bad, you know, love of learning, all of that, then that just naturally comes about. They will ask for that, but you also present it to them. And that's one of the things that I feel is, you know, we do as parents and educators, we are presenting them with this information. And if we feel that we they need to learn it, then yeah, let's present it to them. And it ultimately comes down to them taking responsibility and engaging with it for them to actually learn. And that's not something that, you know, we can do. I, I know I got good grades in school most of the time, but do I know anything? Did I retain anything from all of those classes? No, no. I mean, my master's degree in Oregon, I had to take well, we called it sadistics, but it was statistics. And I barely passed. I almost got kicked out of college because of that class. But I studied like crazy because it was a required class. And the day after the test, it was all gone. You know, I spent years paying off that education. But my kids, my kids, when they learn something, it sticks. My 29-year-old can still recite most of the Declaration of Independence. It sticks. And he knows what it means because of his key of liberty class. Okay? So one of the things that came to my mind while you are talking about it is 3D printing. <laughs> so it's Halloween and my daughter wants to be Princess Leia. And we got this costume pattern because we couldn't find anything that, like that looked like the one she wanted to do. And so... Got this custom pattern online, and part of it has these files that you print for the belt or something. So I'm like watching a bunch of videos on. We have a 3D printer, and I've done it before, but I've never done like super complex prints because I just made my brother do those for me. <laughs> but there's a point to the story. The thing about the print is it 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 just it has this teeny little hot like laser kind of thing, and it it like melts the plastic and then it goes through the the, the, the nozzle and it has a, the program sets out and it tells it where to go through this this nozzle and and then it it's like minuscule like you know on a x y and y z whatever access and you have to though build supports into your model because and when it and it's a different it'll print a different depth, a different every, when you say this is support, it's weaker. So it will eventually break off, but it's still like, if you don't have the right supports or built the right way, then your print just fails and just falls apart. So right. it's just interesting. Cause like, as you're talking about it, it's like, if you were to think of like, 
core phase and love of learning phase as the supports for education in general. Like you have to, you know, and you have to spend time going through the software and looking at every angle and every like, and they'll tell you like, this is over a 90, so you should probably have some support here or whatever. And then you have to like factor those all in and, and then you can print something successfully. But so if if we look at education as like, you know, layer upon layer, 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 but we just put it out there without any support systems for it to be received with, you're going to have failed print after failed print. You might get lucky if you're trying to not accomplish a super difficult print. If you're just trying to do something flat that doesn't need support, so you don't, you'll be fine. But I just, as you were thinking about it, I was like, if we look at core phases, these crucial supports in our build, eventually at some point when you're finished with the build, you, you know, the supports go away. Like they, you don't see them as these foundational things but they're what enabled you to like become or what you wanted to have printed. Right. So it's just, I think the problem that a lot of what I've discovered, we want an outcome without having to think like, like me, I want to cut corners. I just want to print the shape that I want it to be. Right. <laughs> like it's just like, Oh, this is the shape I'm looking for. So let's print it. Right. Not thinking about, all the different angles and facets in which it needs to be supported in so that it can turn out to be that angle that you need it to be. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like looking back, look like the discussion is like, I think there's definitely core things that people need to end up knowing in life, but it doesn't matter what year or level you put them on if you don't give them the support to be able to retain them, you know? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, uh... I really feel like the, those are the foundation and you build on them and you teach, you continue teaching those core things. I mean, like uh, reading, a love of reading. I mean, that's, that's teaching them love of learning. So when you read to your kids constantly, you're teaching them to love learning. You're teaching them about the world. You know, you're teaching them to do that. But as parents, too often we're only looking at the kids where I feel like your own education and you being excited. I mean, that's another foundational thing that is needed for your kids. Okay. Uh, it goes back to, you know, one of the keys in Oliver DeMille's book, Thomas Jefferson education, you, not them, you need to have that education and that love of learning in order to be able to share that with your kids and be an example to them. So, I mean, I, I'm still telling my adult children, it's like, Oh, have you read this great book? You know? And it's like, Oh, read it so we can talk about it. You know? And then, you know, my poor 17 year old son that's home. It's like, okay, we're going to be in the car for an hour each way. As we go to our community, do you mind if we listen to this book all about the teenage brain? <laughs> But it's, you know, I'm, I'm constantly sharing what I'm passionate about and, and trying to model that for my kids. And so that's like, in your words, another pillar there, but I'm also, you know, when you are a parent mentor, you are looking at your children and saying, okay, what else do they need? What else do they need? I mean, how yeah, can you I inspire would, them? I would say like, I can I have a very vivid memory of when it like finally clicked up that I needed to do like academically difficult things mm -hmm. and I needed to push my 
like because you know it's not hard to get your kids to read lord of the rings or brandon sanderson like you know like once they establish a love of literature or love of reading like that's easy to do right but it's hard to get your kids to do those hard things and i remember it was we were i think it was just after breakfast or something and my mom but when my mom would go to the gym in the morning while we like got more mornings going and then she'd come home and we'd get school started and stuff and she came home from the gym and she was just like I guess I don't know how she does like walk and read <laughs> she'd bring her books to the gym and like like bike and read I don't know anyway so she came home one day and I was cleaning up breakfast and I was probably like 14 I think I was probably 14 years old or maybe 15 and she's like okay sit down at the table with me right now and I was like okay I got stuff to do I got to get my homework done she's like no I know I know you'll get it done it'll be okay but I really 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 need your help because I literally cannot understand anything I just read <laughs> and she's like she was trying to read Coddling of the American Mind by Alan Bloom I don't know if you've ever tried to read that book it's it's like it is excruciatingly painful but it's it's it, it requires you to have a vast amount I read it I tried to read it and then after I got my degree in liberal arts I read it and I understood it way more but like you have to basically have like a vast understanding of of cultural literacy to read that book but anyways so she was trying to read the the coddling of the American Closing of the American I, Mind. Closing yeah. of the American Mind. Closing yeah, of the like, American. No, not coddling. That's a yeah. newer book. Closing yeah. of the American Mind by Alan Bloom. But she sat down and we we had a discussion. It was probably like an hour, no more than like maybe an hour. And she would read the paragraph to me and then we'd talk about it. And then she'd be like, well, what do you think about this? And how do you think it matters? And what's he trying to say? And like, I think that was one of the biggest turning points for me in my education because instead of telling me over and over and over again that I needed to do things like there was my mom <laughs> in a lot of <laughs> mental anguish trying to like <laughs> understand this really absurd thing because her mentor at the time Tiffany Earl had told her she needed to read it <laughs> and I, I think like pe people do not necessarily understand the the crucial element of like you and them because I think they think oh, it's all, I need to spend all my time making sure my kids know these things instead of realizing, actually, if I just show them that this is worth so much to me, that education is worth so much to me that I'll do it while I'm at the gym or like, like, or, and then also that I value you and your ability to think and that you can think and that you do like I, that to me was like the fact that she thought I could even understand it better than her. I don't know, like, you know, so that's what actually inspired me to like start reading really hard things like you know democracy in america and, and those other reads that normally i wouldn't have picked to do but you know like you said like just just constantly showing and modeling that to your kids i think is just a huge element to their choice choosing to get an education yeah yeah and it I, you know when you're talking about those pillars that is a really important one but where on the standards does that happen I mean, that's not on the list of things that, that kids need. It's, you know, people don't see the connection too often. And, and that's one of the things I'm so grateful for about Lemmy is that that's really, we are working with helping the, these parents become better mentors and educate themselves and get that scholar phase education that they most likely didn't get you know, uh, when they were in school. I know I didn't. 
So. Well, kind of talked for a bit now. Is there anything that you want to just sum up for our Lemmy mentors as they go forward this week? <laughs> Any last words of encouragement? <laughs> well, before I get there, though, I, I do want to share a little bit about my my hope, my view, my vision for for Lemmy and why I'm so excited about all of this. I really feel like the world today really needs leadership education and there aren't as many people out there talking about it. And so we need to talk about it more. The educational system as it stands right now, the, the traditional education system is just ripe for transformation and our kids are going to be the ones that really see that and possibly even are the ones that will really make this this work and giving them the foundation of this leadership education philosophy teaching them that they are all geniuses and that they need to take responsibility for taking that genius and sharing it with the world to make the world a better place. I mean, this, it's all good. I mean, I just, I, I love this. We literally can change the world. I mean, I am just so sure of this, that we can change the world if we can get more of this information, this foundational information about leadership education out there. And so one of the biggest things I want to do with Lemmy is to be able to share more about leadership education, to kind of change the paradigm of education. And to do that, I really, I want to help more mentors go through training. I want to support more communities especially you know in areas where we we don't have a lot of communities and so I'm I'm always looking for communities that want some help want you know a trainer to come out and talk to them or you know even just give me a call and I'll talk to you you know whatever I can do to help but yeah this is definitely you know kind of my mission is to to really transform education, you know, by helping to ignite that genius in, in different people. So the biggest thing I would say to all of the mentors out there is if you ever feel like, oh no, I'm all by myself here. I don't know what I'm doing. Reach out. Most people don't know that there are over 50 communities that are using leadership education out there. You're not alone. Let me help you connect with other people if, if need be, but definitely listen to more of these podcast episodes. The classic calls are amazing and will are so inspiring. And I mean, they are free Lemmy training that is available to everyone. So I'm hoping that if you want to start a community, have people start listening to that, make, you know, just advertise those when you see a, 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 graphic on Facebook or Instagram, share it, you know, tag people, get them excited. The webinars that we're doing are a, another way. We're doing them free this year, free. You just have to show up. 
you know, register and show up and you can get in free and every single webinar is, is something that, you know, an opportunity um, for you to ask questions, personal questions. We have Q and A's on every one of them, but each of the subjects of the webinars are another amazing opportunity for training in leadership education and the Lemmy philosophy. So you're not alone. There are so many amazing opportunities for your own education, for, for getting inspiration and support through Lemmy. So take advantage of them. I 100% agree. And I think I can speak for all of us mentors at Lemmy that we're extremely grateful for everything you've done in the last year to really help us get access to those resources and make it a lot easier to connect and to, to grow. So thank you, Heidi. It's my pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode. Just as in every Lemmy training, we hope you walk away uplifted and inspired, but also empowered to be a better mentor for your family and your community. Please be sure to subscribe and share. We also want to express our gratitude to all the Lemmy mentors, past and present. You got this. You can do hard things.